So the opening game of Euro 2020 is in the books, done and dusted, and the Italians on home soil in Rome put Turkey to the sword. But is the great giant of Italian football back on the international stage for good? Myself, Ollie Wilson and Paul McDonald picked apart the opening game of Euro 2020 here on Why Football Happens. It was a whitewash, not only because Italy were wearing all white, but the fact that Turkey never stood a chance in Rome and a 3-0 rather emphatic victory for the Italians and the, the Turks didn't really show up in the end. They absolutely did not. Um, I did say that after Ben and Stephen and I had predicted that they could be dark horses of this tournament, we had condemned them, condemned them to failure and that's pretty much what we got there. I mean, there's not turning up for a, for a match or there's playing below yourself and then there's performing with such ineptness in every capacity of the game that you really wonder where that came from, that performance. I mean, they haven't become a bad team overnight. They're not a bad set of players overnight, but the organisational capabilities of that team in the second half, as well as the, the conditioning element of it, was a disaster, like a, a, a disaster at this level, at a tournament level for a team to to seem so tired and so out of touch with the pace of the game, even by half time, um, was quite staggering actually. And I don't, I'm not really, I'm at loss for words to figure out where that's came from. All I can say is whatever uh, conditioning training that the Turks did this week, just write it up as a as a case study of what not to do before a game, because those guys were shot after half an hour. But is it not a case of, well, of this is perhaps what we're going to get with a lot of teams after this busy, long, drawn-out year? I mean, we, we spoke about how some people already feel like football has been overly saturated in terms of a viewing perspective. And also, there are going to be some players that are extremely tired after very long, arduous campaigns and a very short break before this tournament got going. It's a fair point. Um, and believe me, conditioning and, and, and fitness and, and stuff is, is very much on my radar with some... With some um, with some companies that I deal with and work with, but there was two teams on that pitch and one looked as if they were playing a different sport at a different pace, at a different level. And um, I suppose it's one of those things, like with so many pundits and so many um, gamblers and um, people like that who, who put out tips and previews for this tournament, so many people put up Turkey that it was inevitable that we'd almost hype them to a point where they could never really achieve what we expected by but even by those standards I don't I don't really know what that was I don't know what it was tactically I don't know what it was fitness wise I don't know what it was organization wise um, and I feel as if I'm not giving it like any credit here and I'll get to that in a minute but mm -hmm. it has to be caveated with them um, that could that probably could not went have went any worse for, for Turkey at all. <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's damning it's certainly damning look I, I was watching it and just enjoying the performance from the other side playing this game because it would be very easy and we always expect tournaments never really start with that impressive a bang a lot of the time I mean I think the last one that really stands out of an opening game for me is France when they lost in the opening game of the World Cup in 2002 to Senegal and that was a big shock this wasn't necessarily a shock but this at least was Italy could have got a walking pace tonight and sacked it off at 2-0 after an hour and then we would have been bored out of our minds for the final 
30 minutes or so of this game. And instead, the Italians, and I think under Mancini, we've seen this from Italy and other sides, they were just quite aggressive still, maintained a constant play level because this is their tournament to re-show the world that Italian football can be a force again. And they're not letting up for 90 minutes tonight, which I thought was extremely impressive and was a clear sign that they see themselves as a team that can go very far in this tournament. Continue to press. We're still pressing the ball, pressing the goalkeeper in possession at 3-0 in the 90th minute. Um, massive respect to that. I just hope they can continue to do it and they don't suffer burnout. But Mancini, Mancini was obviously smart and, and rotated pretty much the front four or five by the end. So it was it was fresh legs that were chasing things down. So, um, so yeah, I mean, how, how what a perfect evening for the Italians. You've got the rousing performance from Bocelli at the start, um, which really set the scene for, for what came next. And even in the first half when they're finishing... Um, or their final ball in, 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 in good positions wasn't um, of the highest level. And I think that's it's still going to be a, a concern about Italy in this tournament is if they get... They were given quite a lot of opportunities tonight to get the first couple wrong, which they did. Are they going to get all, all those opportunities um, against better teams in Turkey? That that would be my concern. But even when they when they got in those positions and, and they remained very patient in the build-up, um, I also really liked the way that, that Chiellini basically became an additional auxiliary winger at times, slotting in, slotting in the half space. Chiellini of all people, do you know what I mean? It was nuts. Um, but that was because Turkey just didn't didn't offer anything. I mean, the Turks didn't have an out ball from about the 35th minute. Yeah. They didn't know what they played to. No one to pass it to, no one to stretch the game. Nothing. Like, staggeringly bad. But like I say, it was a better Italian performance than I expected in terms of um, how clinically they went about it. Um, the first time they've ever scored three goals in a European Championship match ever. Um, 28 games unbeaten now. Yeah. Going all the yeah. way back to 2018. You can only beat what's in front of you in these games, mate. And um, fair to say that they handed out a pretty much a pummel on tonight. And I, if I'm if I'm Wales in Switzerland watching that tonight in, in the camps, I'm thinking to myself, this game takes off even more importance for us tomorrow because... There's nothing to fear there from that Turkey team if they turn up, even if they play markedly better than that. That's the, they're still not in a national standard yet. That's how bad that was tonight. Mm. So if I'm Wales and Switzerland, I'm looking at that and thinking, both of us have got a chance again at this group ahead of this supposed dark horse. Well, that's the other thing is everybody was calling. It's weird. Tonight, already I've, I've noticed in the broadcast on television, people were calling before the tournament, like we did on this podcast and many others did, Turkey, potential dark horse, potential dark horse. Now Italy are being called the potential dark horse as a big side that could go and win it. And that that narrative keeps on flip-flopping all over the place. I personally don't think you can be a dark horse if everybody is saying you're a dark horse. Everybody has seen then something that you've got. The thing I've seen with this Italy side though as well tonight is there are some big names that came on in the second half when Mancini started to rotate that you could have easily expected to see in the starting 11 tonight. I mean, I would have thought after the season he's had Chiesa could be there. Bernadeschi is loved by Mancini and is perhaps a bigger name, obviously a bigger club at the moment and you don't know what's going to happen with him and Juventus. The coin flip between Immobile and Belotti for me because Belotti seems to perform better for the Azzurri but Immobile is a 25 goals a season player. It's very difficult to pull him out of a starting 11. Brian Cristante when he came in was excellent and a wonderfully experienced player at a high level with Roma there's depth and the starting 11 can change perhaps on what Mancini feels he needs in certain games so there's a great adaptability if he can be tactically on point and and those around him you know we've seen some of the legends of Serie A on the bench around him like Viali tonight there is a chance that Italy can go very far and they've got a very good squad I think but I also don't want to overhype them 
because of all the reasons that you guys suggested in our preview of they have only played lesser teams and they haven't faced a challenge tonight at all. So you could run away with a 3-0 lead and get two on board the Italy train too quickly and it all comes falling apart very, very quickly over the next two games. I agree. But what I also mean is uh, you've, you've just com- comprehensively beaten what everybody agreed was the second best team in the group. So you can theoretically get your win in the next one and play whatever team you want in the, in the game after that. I mean, that's that's the, the luxury that position they're building themselves into where they can rest guys mid-tournament here um, and, and rotate, as you say, and, and bring in other people and give, give the full squad a chance. And I think the key thing that... I think the key thing that marks Italy apart from, say... I dare say England is that personnel changes within the English setup usually come alongside formation changes or tactic changes. Whereas Mancini's going to play 4 3 3 forever, and um, he each element of the team knows that. So when he takes a part of it out, the one that slots into the gap knows his role inside out. And I think on, on, a, on a much lesser level, we talk about teams like Scotland, we don't have the same talent, but we each element of that team knows exactly what Steve Clark's tactics are going to be for that match and then can and, and, and are used to that environment once they're in the squad. I think that's something the Mancini's done very well over the last three years to cultivate that level of familiarity with the, the tactical setup of the team so that you've got 17, 18 guys who can, can theoretically start or conceivably start and nothing about the machine really, really changes. And I think that's something that are definitely going to have in their favour. And the other thing you've got is an incredible spine of that team. I mean, again, talk about tournament football and teams building success off a spine of a team. I mean, it's despite their agingness as a back two, Chiellini and Bonucci are very experienced, know each other inside out, and you cannot replace that. Donnarumma is still one of the best young keepers in European football and everything with his future is quite exciting, of course, this season. Jorginho's just put on a clinic of how to distribute in the middle of the park tonight. Absolutely beautiful play all evening. I thought, I thought for me, I thought Spinazzola was man of the match. Mm. Um, he just provided the width all the time on that side and his relationship with Insignia, Insignia dropping into the half space and dropping inside, just, just keeping that flank free for a guy who's clearly got all the fitness in the world and can run forever. He was still bombing forward right at the end of that game as well and just giving options. I mean, and he does like to come inside on his right a lot. Which isn't ideal for a for a for a for a fullback. Obviously, inverted fullbacks these days they they, they give you that option because he can come inside and allow Insignia to sit and hug the touchline. Um, and it, but it does mean sometimes when he is in a position to get the ball in, he can't whip it in and be and be as clinical and putting the ball into the area because it's not his it's not his preferred foot. But other than that, I thought he was faultless in every other department of the game. Cover for his back for his defence was excellent. Um, every time he got in a good position, his passing is. His decision-making was intelligent and uh, he was right up there um, contributing to the second goal as well. So, um, yeah, I thought that was a really, really impressive performance from a guy I must admit I have not seen a lot of. Um, I do watch some Serie A, but certainly not to the depth of you, mate. And um, I was very impressed with his performance. Well, that that performance tonight was exactly what he used to do kind of week in, week out when he when he really hit the heights when he was playing under Giampiero Gasparini at Atalanta because they played the three at the back with the wing-backs and that allows a wing-back to learn how to bomb forward and support an attack and also still have that defensive discipline. Now you need to, in a back four, obviously that changes slightly. You have to be a bit more disciplined and thankfully tonight he got the opportunity to get forward and support Insigne. I think against bigger sides, there won't be that option as often to get up there and be that wide man for Insigne when he goes in his little roams because you know, he doesn't stay in the same place. But that's the great thing about the Italian team that played tonight is there is such a fluidity 
And as you say, everybody knows their jobs. So you saw it all night with Spinozola. He knows that he needs to be up there if there is that possibility to support the attack and fill in those wide positions when Insigne is not there. You know, Barella or Locatelli need to take it in turns to be alongside Jorginho when he starts as an easy outlet pass, an easy way to distribute and start moving the ball forward. And Chiellini and Bonucci know exactly how to play against each other. So let's, I think there's a lot of plaudits to give out to the Italians for sure tonight. And I have to say, I wasn't expecting as high quality a game as we saw. I'm always, as I say, worried about the opening game of a tournament and everything else that's gone on this year. It it was it was just great overall, considering I was so sceptical about this tournament. As you say, the opening ceremony, it looked great. There, there are fans in the stadium tonight and you, you've got the feeling of a bit of national pride watching the national team play. The only negative thing on this whole evening is that Italy wore white. What's, why are you wearing away shirts? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's maybe... My least favourite Italian kit in a long time. This one, especially especially in white, I really don't like it. It looks looks like a training kit or something thrown together. We're blue, man. Come on, it's not game of the tournament. Blue versus red is the ultimate. Yeah, non-color clash. It's a it, it's a huge faux pas on their part. I want they probably just worried because they're going to have to play Switzerland and Wales, which is going to be red as well. That maybe the blue versus red will get boring too long. So let's we've got we're going to have to give the training shirt a run out at some point. So I'm actually going to put my hand up and say I've bought that shirt as well. By the way, the away shirt because I really like it. So it's all good. Oh. <laughs> that says more no, about my taste me, than man. anything. You, 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 you sent me all the right answers, so you can parade that shirt when the, when, they, when Italy go to the final and we've completely written them off. But <laughs> what I would say is um, some of the some of the passes inside after about 15, 20 minutes. You could visibly see that with the Turkey defender, and in any case, either either fullback or Sionchu or, or Demiral, where they were where they were six feet um, or, or six inches away from the back of the player, it became like a yard, and then it became a yard and a half, and as the game, and then it was two yards, and by the end of the game, there there was five yards gap between between guys when they were picking up the ball in the final third. Mm-hmm. Just like they knew that they couldn't do that, and like listen. Turkey had a lot in their favour tonight. They were they were still going in as as well massive bookie underdogs, relative underdogs for the casual fan. Um, they had a lot of Turkish fans in the stadium. It looked like, and they were making quite a lot of noise, booing a lot of time when, when Italians were in possession in the first half. They had things set up in their favour tonight, and they totally and utterly dropped the ball. Uh, whereas the Italians had everything to lose tonight. You had all the headlines were written for a, for a disaster. Bocelli singing his great song, and it's in Rome, and it's in. That, that amphitheater for football, it could easily have went wrong, and they did everything that was expected of them and more. And if I were an Italian fan, I'd be really quite enthusiastic about the way that they went about their business. Obviously, caveating how poor Turkey were, because it was like you say, it was a more accomplished and more clinical performance than we've, we've seen from Italy probably under Mancini at any point. Um, yeah, maybe not under Mancini. I think Mancini has brought this level of quality into this side more than anything else. Um, so I think it's actually a culmination of the project that he's built, but it is a stark contrast to the disastrous teams that we've seen in tournaments in recent decades, in the last decade or so, really, when, when you think all the way back to the World Cup in, in South Africa too, and that Italy side was an absolute shambles going out in the group stage and getting knocked around by New Zealand. I mean, it was just, it was awful to see a potentially great side play like that over the last few years and they've gone out and had a plan they've brought in the right person to execute that plan and they've got very lucky with a great crop of players I mean you look at the number of Sassuolo players in this squad and and in this side it it's not about oh we need players from Juventus Milan Inter 
it's about looking across Serie A and seeing who can do a job and who is in form and fitting all the right the holes that Mancini needs to fill. And so, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I really want to ride this bandwagon until the wheels fall off, but I'm also super tentative about getting too excited too early about this Italy side because they can break That's your heart in a heartbeat. That's the problem with this, with this, with the with the 24 teams because you you are spreading the teams out a bit more. It does mean that you can lose yourself into a false sense of security about how good you are, and then all of a sudden, bang, the quarterfinals come and the level comes go through like there to there, mm. and then you really find out about about how good your team is. But all you can do is beat what's in front of you and build confidence and keep guys fit. And Mancini certainly did all the rotation that he needed to do tonight um, of his key forwards. That he'll be fit and ready to go for the next match on. Wednesday or whenever it is. I mean, it was, it was an absolutely perfect occasion for them. So, um, and the, the, the last thing I would say is there's been a real misconception about oh, there's there's not any high class managers at international level anymore. Well, Mancini won the Premier League, Yogi Lowe's won the World Cup, um, Enrique's won the Champions League. Um, I, I hate to steer this conversation towards England, but. <laughs> Pretty much, all, pretty much all of the big guns have a, have a manager that's achieved something at the highest level. And Southgate seems to be a very good man, um, a, a man with solid morals and integrity. But I think when, the, when, the, when it comes to the crunch, at the later stages of this tournament, he'll be surrounded by coaches who have achieved something at club level or, or at a national level before. And he hasn't. Um, and I think that would be a concern. And I think Mancini's doctrine tonight and his ability to set up that team to play 4-3-3 and get the guys in the team like you say to execute it so you pick them you pick the men for the system rather than um a system around the men which is what he's done excellently um it makes them dangerous makes them very dangerous indeed and certainly a lot more dangerous i admit than i thought they would be